You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. Jack, come on, don't go quiet on me this morning, all right, church, you gotta, you gotta stay um, engaged and vocal, I had a text message from Jim Walkham during the week, um, just just saying that he heard, I'd given him a shout out, I was, I was missing his voice, he's, uh, he's away with family, but apparently he's having a great time, so that's good, but uh, make sure that you are vocal today. Um, you know, sometimes when we do something a little different, it can feel odd the first few times we do it. Uh, but sometimes doing something new unlocks the freshness in us. And uh, I want to encourage you this morning, if, if something speaks to you out of the Word of God, um, you're allowed to say amen this morning uh, out loud, not just in your head. Uh, you're allowed to encourage uh, me to, uh, you know, uh, preach quicker. Um, I'll be honest, the, sometimes uh, I have one analogy in my notes uh, and I don't, I don't receive any indication that, that you're picking up what God's laying down uh, and so I will come up with a second and a third one uh, until I feel like you're, you're, you're picking up what God has for you in the morning. So, so I'm here to tell you if, if you would like some less analogies from your pastor, uh, a response is, is going to help that. It really is because I'm going to be, oh, they've got it. I can move on to point number two because they've, they've got it. Uh, but, but silence tends to encourage a preacher to try again. Silence says, uh, uh, you, you need to reword that because it hasn't quite hit home. But if it hits home and, and, and you can tell me, yes, that's good, uh, that's going to that's gonna help me. All right, that's going to help me. You, you, your response actually helps me as much as it helps you. So there you go. Um, let's open up this morning to the scripture we've been camping in for uh, the majority of our vision month so far. I know Pastor Keith, took a, he took a little detour into, into Esther, but uh, a lot of our vision uh, kind of material that has gone out has been championed around this scripture in Proverbs. Proverbs 29, verse 18. And uh, in particular, I've been looking at it from uh, what is the message translation. Now, I'm going to give you a second to find it, Proverbs 29, 18. If you have missed any of the last few weeks of our, our vision series, can I really encourage you to get the podcasts? Uh, they're online, they're, they're on iTunes. Um, I don't live in the Android world, so I don't know what platform it is, but I'm sure it's there also uh, it's for you to listen to. Catch up on, uh, I know Pastor Keith and Janet have uh, made some really exciting announcements about the future, about where our church is heading those sorts of things. It will be great for you to be able to hear that from them, uh, how they said it, uh, those sorts of things. So make sure you grab the podcast. Proverbs 29, 18. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much that you're with us this morning. I thank you that your word promises that, in fact, you are always with us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. You never abandon us. You never leave us on our own. God, you're always with us. 
Lord, this morning I pray that you would speak really clearly out of your word, uh, that you'd speak into our hearts, that you would challenge our minds, that you would begin a transformative work in our lives as you renew the way we think about things in our life and in ourselves. Lord, we want to lift up our Northwest campus this morning. We pray that as they enter into a time of praise and worship, uh, that your presence would be tangible. Uh, Lord, that people would walk in and experience you in a real way. And, and we just want to lift up uh, Pastor Darren as he brings the word. Let there be a real power and anointing on that. Um, and let it generate an incredible fruit in the lives of people in that location. Lord, we also want to lift up um, the incredible sports teams of our city. And uh, Lord, we pray that you would continue to bless them. Let Newcastle be a blessed city when it comes to sport, uh, just because that's fun and that's awesome. Amen. Amen. Other areas, obviously, also, but sport has a, has, it has a place in my heart. Um, Knights are doing well. Come on. Yep. Australia did well in the cricket last night. Um, so good, so good. Premier League off-season, exciting times. A-League off-season, you can be praying for the wisdom for the Jets. They, they need to sign good players. Anyway, let's, let's get into the word, right? This, you guys don't want to hear me talk about sport for the next 20 minutes. It is time. That is our vision. It's time. We recognize that right now we are in a moment that God has ordained for something within our church. And we believe that, that, that there is something of God right now on this moment for a growth, uh, a growth within us. So, so actually that we would not remain stagnant in our walk with God, that we would not still be in the same place that we were 5, 10, 15 years ago in our walk with God, but there would be transformation, there would be a, a renewing of our mind, a changing of ourselves, a conforming to Christ, which in today's day and age is a really uh, dirty word, conforming, like somehow we're supposed to be non-conformists, but actually Scripture says, no, actually we are supposed to be conforming to the image of Christ. That's a work the Holy Spirit does in us. He slowly changes us, giving us this heart that's the same as God for people. So that we are, it is time for that to continue to happen within us. It is time for us to grow in number. It is absolutely time for there to be a harvest of people finding out that God is real, that He loves them and He has done everything for them to have relationship with Him. It is time for that. It is also time for influence. I don't know about you, but if you've ever gone into a, a, a room at night, it's dark. Uh, if you're a parent, you would be absolutely familiar with this. Uh, it's one of my, my greatest enjoyments of, of, of my watch is that when I walk into my kids' rooms in the middle of the night, it's dark, and they're crying out, I can tap it and I can see, okay, because light has a greater influence over a situation than darkness does. Darkness, in fact, is just the absence of light. It's not, it's not measurable at all. We measure darkness according to light. Light is always the influencing factor. And so we have, we have declared that it is time for influence. It is time for light to be seen in our community. It is time for us as the church to put ourselves in front of people to be confident of what we carry within us, that we have the hope of the world in us, that we actually have the answer for what people are seeking. And we are confident enough to take the basket off the candle, as Scripture would say, and tell people, hey, we have what you're looking for. It is time for influence in our community. It is time to stand up 
not to be ashamed of the gospel of Christ Jesus, for it is the power for salvation. Amen? But we have to be confident in ourselves of what we carry to do that. And last week, uh, we looked at the idea that vision and seeing are different things. That vision is not sight. But we unpacked the idea that we all have a place in the vision. That we should all be able to see within us. So, so in, in the realm of a vision of where we fit in the grand vision of the church. I don't believe that God would set a vision for his house where one stone is not included in that vision. Nobody does that, right? And I wanna, I wanna encourage you because sometimes we have an expectation around how God will speak to us. Sometimes we have an expectation when, when, a, when a preacher or a pastor is up here and they're like, you're gonna get an image from God. We have this expectation that it's gonna be this holy, like, ethereal moment where we're like taken to the third heaven and, and, and you know, we're having this out of body transcendent experience. Can I, can I be honest with you? Sometimes getting an image from God is just like a flicker through your mind. It's like, whoo, it's gone. Sometimes it's like that. And I wanna, I wanna encourage you that if last week while we were speaking and talking about you getting a vision for where you fit, if you had a thought come into your mind, like just, it just popped in and then maybe you dismissed it as soon as it came in because it was like, whoo, where'd that come from? Or, or like you just had a flicker of an image. It's like almost in the realm of like, a, oh, maybe. maybe. Oh, maybe I could do that. Or, or, or maybe. Can I tell you God talks in the realm of maybe far more than he talks in the realm of certainty. Because he requires our choice. Okay, he requires our decision on that. So he will place something in front of you as a, this is a, this is a possibility for you. This is a potential for you. This is a maybe, this is a could be. This is a, I could facilitate that in your life if you would like to choose to step into it. Uh, but, but we dismiss it so quickly uh, that, that a lot of us grow up with this, this idea that, well, we don't really hear from God. No, you do hear from God. You just haven't been encouraged that that flicker that passes through your mind is God speaking to you. So if that was you last week and you had a flicker of a thought go through your mind, you had a flash of an image and then it went, can I tell you, that's God speaking to you about where you fit in the vision. And, and bring that back to your mind. Camp on that thought this week. Just, just rethink it. Just bring it back into your conscious mind and say, God, what are you saying in this? This, this seems a long way from where I am right now. This, this, this is a little bit beyond what I feel comfortable with. And can I tell you that they are absolutely ing the ingredients to, to, to something that God calls you into, something that feels beyond you, something that feels outside perhaps of your, your, your natural, comfortable space. But I want to encourage you, if, if that was you last week and there was a flicker, there was a flash, lean into that. Lean into that with God and let him un unveil it a little more and a little more because that was God, I believe, speaking to you last week. This morning, I have five really clear points for you. Five really clear points. And some of you, that's gonna be uh, just making your day. So this one's for you. It doesn't happen very often, uh, but when it does, make the most of it. Get your notepad out, write it down. It's gonna be clear, succinct notes this morning. So here we go. When we read that scripture out of Proverbs, something we notice is that once we have the vision, that's not the end of the journey, okay? There is a very clear secondary step for us on the back of the vision, and that is the attending. We must attend 
to what God shows us. I think this is why sometimes for, for some of us, we get the flash, we let it go, we don't do anything, and then we wonder why we don't seem to be moving forward in our walk with God. We don't seem to be really moving anywhere into what, you know, we hear people talking about the purpose of God on their life, and we hear people talking about the calling of God, and God's doing this, and God's doing that, and we're like, God's not doing anything in my life at all. And, and we forget that He gave us this little image, and we haven't actually attended to it. We haven't brought it back into our mind and said, God, what are you trying to talk to me about in this? What are you trying to show me in this? I don't understand it. There's this image. Is that you, God? What are you doing? And so we must attend to what he has shown us. We must attend to the vision that he reveals to us. Sitting with an image and doing nothing is called daydreaming. Okay? Um, It's fun. Okay? It takes you on a little adventure. It's a great escape but it doesn't actually generate any momentum in your life. It doesn't actually move you anywhere uh, in your life. It just actually keeps you where you are. And and if anything, it takes you into a more dangerous place because now you live in your escape room rather than your reality. Okay, and so daydreaming is not where we want to get stuck. We want to be confident of the vision. We want to be able to bring it to our mind. But more than anything, we want to attend to that. We want to ask God, okay, you've given me a vision. What now? What now should always be our response to a vision or a word that God speaks into our heart because he wants action, okay? God is always after movement in our life. So what now, God? What now? Well, first of all, to attend to something requires a deliberate and definitive action, okay? There is always going to be something that is on the other side of that vision that you are immediately going to be able to attend to within it. It can be the smallest element of it. It can be the smallest aspect of it, but there will always be something that God creates as an opportunity after that to step into it, okay? Now, now I, I don't wanna make this seem like somehow I'm, I'm taking an unspiritual thing and connecting it to a spiritual thing, but for some of you, the next obvious thing to do after you've been given a vision is actually to go and talk to someone at the next step bar and say, hey, God's shown me this. I don't know how to move forward in it, but I know we've got these pathways. Can I tell you these pathways are set up to help you move forward in what God has for you, okay? Um, And so for some of you, that's gonna be your first step, which is point number two is step. I, I firmly believe that, that more times than not in our life, when God gives us a vision, the way we attend to it is to take a step, is to take a step towards it. And that will look like different things for different people, but it will involve movement, stepping out. I'm telling you, Peter had to step out of the boat. There had to be a step involved in his journey. And what we need to recognize so often is that when we get a vision, we wanna make a plan. Well, Proverbs tells us a man makes his plans but God directs his steps. So God is concerned with the step. We're always concerned with the plan, right? So we get a vision and the next thing we do, we go and buy a new journal at Typo because it's a new season in our life. God's spoken something new, so I'm gonna get a new journal and I'm gonna start this journey in this journal and we start writing in our journal and, and, and a year later, the journal's had two entries and, and we haven't moved anywhere, okay? Because we haven't actually stepped into something that's giving God the opportunity to begin generating and working within us to take us on the journey as well. And so we need to, we need to step. Plans are good, but steps are actually movement. 
It's also beneficial because Scripture tells us that our steps are ordered by the Lord. Okay, they're ordered by the Lord. There is actually an order to which we move forward. And I have found in my life that if I try to circumnavigate the order of God, it doesn't end well. If there is a step that God wants me to take and I try to go around that step, sometimes God's gracious in allowing that and then I'll take another step and another step. But sooner or later, I arrive in a place where because I didn't do this step, I can't sustain this step. And so there is an order to the steps at which God lays before us. And we need to be aware of that and we need to be confident and trust that God has that order. You see, too often, I think we want to take the reins back from God in the journey. We want to go back to the plan we made. Because the plan we made, we understand. The plan we made, we're in control of. The plan we made, we can, we can make sure that there's going to be resource for that bit. Or we can make sure that there's going to be enough there. Or, or, or we're, so we're in control of the input, so we feel comfortable. But when, but when we're trusting the, the singular steps of God, we have to release control and lean in to trust. And that's not, always in a, uh, that's not always a comfortable place for us as human beings, right? We, we, we crave control. We crave that. You see, there are no guarantees, thank you, there are no guarantees of arrival if we trust God. Because He only shows us one step at a time. See, when we make a plan, I don't know about you, but I, I make a plan for the finished product. Right, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm planning to, um, we're, we're painting a wall in our house at the moment. Oh my goodness. Um, like I'm going to plan my steps so that it's finished. I'm going to plan my steps so that it gets finished, right? Sometimes I think God is less concerned with the destination as he is with the journey. Sometimes I think God's far more concerned with us and him and the step than he is with the final destination. I, I, God is all-powerful, creator of heaven and earth, could enable us to arrive at the destination in a moment. But the reason he places steps in place is actually for our benefit, not his. It's because we need to do the journey, not him. It's, it's important because if we rely on our plans we're in real trouble when the fog sets in. If you remember last week, we talked about the story of Florence Chadwick and the fog and, and, all, and that whole scenario and situation. But the reality is that life has fog. Can, can anybody relate to that? Like, I don't know about you, but, but my life has fog. It comes and it goes, but it definitely comes in at different seasons of my life. And it's as if the clarity that I thought I had suddenly disappears. It's as, if, it's as if what was functioning really effectively and well, suddenly it's like, oh my goodness, there is this turmoil around me and I don't know where it came from. It came in, in this morning uh, in the package of a four and a half year old and a two year old that for some reason just did not want to do what their parents were asking them to do on a Sunday morning. And, and just like that, suddenly where there was clarity, there's now this, this fog and this emotional kind of stirred up going on and if we trust only in our plans, we get into real trouble when that sets in. We get into real trouble when the fog sets in. 
And fog is notorious. It's notorious at arriving right after our first step. We get the vision. We're like, okay, I've got some faith. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to take a step. I'm, I'm going to go and put my name down to have a conversation with Pastor Keith about starting an initiative. I have no idea how it's going to work out. I have no idea what it's going to look like. But I'm going to take a step. And then bang, Monday morning, fog rolls in. Right, like immediately somehow your marriage is blowing up around you and you, you're not even sure where it came from, but immediately that, that central relationship in your life is all over the shop. And you're like, whoa, where did that come from? Or, or you wake up Monday morning, suddenly you, there's sickness in your home. Or, 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 or it's Monday morning, you're called into the boss's office and we're really sorry, we're downsizing and, and, and we, we, we need to lay you off. The, the fog can come in so many different ways, but it is notorious at coming right after we take that first step. And just like Florence Chadwick last week, the fog sets in and suddenly we can't see where we're going and we cannot effectively plan ahead and we immediately want out. And so we had a vision and we took a step, the fog sets in and we're like, uh, I'm out. I'm out because I can't see where I'm going. I'm out. But we have to understand, we have to understand that actually fog, and this, if you're a titles person, this is, this is the title of my message this morning, fog has a function. Actually fog has a function. And although I refuse to subscribe, and it's bad theology if you do, to the fact that God brings bad things into your life, I do subscribe to the, the truth of Scripture that says God is able to use all things for my good, okay? And so when fog comes, you have to understand that within the midst of that fog, God is giving it a function. God is using the fog for your benefit, for your good. The fog is not outside of His control. It's not outside of His sovereignty. No, He sits above it and He goes, oh, good move, devil. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take that off your hands right now and I'm going to use it for their benefit. So fog has a function. You see, the, the, the issue arrives when we let go of the vision in the midst of the fog. We must carry the vision of the destination, but place our trust in the one who formed the destination. You see, this is not a trust in our own abilities journey. This is a trusting in the designer's journey. This is a trusting in the fact that if God gave me the vision, He is able to make me arrive at it if I lean into Him on His steps. This is not a trusting how I'm going to get there. This is a trusting that He can get me there. Okay, and so we hold on to our trust because it's Him who determines our steps. Fog will cause us to shift from what we see in the moment to what we still see in the middle of the journey. I want to ask you a question. What can you still bring to mind and see when all around you, in your sight, you see nothing at all? What can you still see in your heart? Thanks, Siri. What can you still see in your heart when what you're believing for, you can't see at all in the natural? Because that's where we need to go. And we need to go there consistently, bringing that picture into our mind, saying, God, you gave me this picture. I don't know how we get there. But I know that, that you gave it to me. And I know that I stepped out. And I know that fog came in immediately afterwards. We have to stop relying on our plans so much as planning on who we rely 
when the fog sets in. You know, fog looks all—it looks different in different different circumstances. It can be financial, it can be relational, it can be mental. I, I, I personally, I, I get a mental fog. Like my mind just starts to spiral ridiculously, um, and and time and time again, you know, that is this is the fog that comes. It can be a physical, it can be disappointment, it can be tragedy. Tragedy will bring a fog like nothing else. Fog can be opportunity. Fog doesn't always need to be negative. Let's just let's just make sure we understand that. Fog can just be that suddenly where you had clarity, now you've got a whole lot of decisions to make. And some of those decisions are all good, but, but you're not sure which one to take. That can be as much of a fog as what comes from tragedy. Employment, study. Let me let, me let you in on, on mine and Rachel's life for a second. Uh, two weeks ago, you would know that we uh, stood up here, a really exciting announcement that Rachel and I would be stepping in to uh, the lead pastor role over Victory, uh, underneath Pastor Keith and Janet, who are still operating as our senior ministers. And um, we left here, drove to Northwest to do the same announcement. On the way, I got a text message, which I read as I was getting into my seat at Northwest, thinking that perhaps it was someone from Central saying, hey, that's exciting, really pumped for you, um, which it wasn't. It was, it was uh, Rachel's stepmom in Sydney saying, hey, just letting you know, dad's had a massive heart attack. He's on the way to the hospital right now. Um, that's fog. Let me tell you, that's fog. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally, we are about to step up to Northwest and, and, and give an inspiring, uh, confident, yes, we're so excited to be stepping into this. And, and we just find out that Rachel's dad right now has been rushed into surgery. He's had a big heart attack on the way to church and we have no idea what's going on. Then, then this week, uh, my stepdad, who has been my dad since I was about 14, He's, he's suffering with uh, a frontal lobe uh, dementia, and, and he had a fall uh, in the middle of the night, uh, went into a fit. We don't know if the fit caused the fall or the fall caused the fit. And, and now, he's, now he's in hospital, suffering uh, with, with incontinence, and I am helping my father out of the car, not able to control his, his bladder. That's a fog. What do we do in those moments? What do, we, what do we do in those moments? I tell you, I don't have a plan. I have a God. And because I have a God, I don't need all the answers. What I need to know is who He is. I don't need to know how I'm going to get out. I need to be confident that because His character is consistent, He will get me out. He will move me through the fog, not because I know how, but because I know Him. You know, it's... I mean, Rachel and I, over the years, we've had, we've had numerous seasons of fog. I mean, when we, were in, when we were in London, I'll give you a positive one so that we're not on a, not on a dampener in the middle of the message. We, we, we were in London, and we knew very clearly that, that we, we had three fantastic opportunities as the year came to the end. We knew we were there as a, as a separation for, for a launch pad. It was our year out where God was, was forming in us a, a solidity uh, as we stood on our own as a married couple. And, and we knew at the end of that year, as it was progressing, it was clear to us there was three doors open. And we could have very, very easily stayed in London. I, I mean, I have a British passport. Like that, it, it, all the doors were open. 
We could have stayed in London. We could have committed to that church. And I absolutely believe we would have flourished in that place. The other opportunity we had was to, was to, to look at getting a visa, get into America and, and, and go and help build the church with pastors Adam and Kira over in, in Silicon Valley. That was another door that was open to us. And the third door that was open to us was to come back here um, and, and to sow into victory and to see what God would do in that place. And every opportunity was good. And this is what I'm talking about. Sometimes fog is not negative. Sometimes fog is just, just really good opportunities and you have no idea which one is the right one. I don't know that Rachel and I have fasted and prayed more in a year than that year and heard nothing. I'm, I'm, like, I'm talking, we heard nothing. We heard nothing at all. And, and we, were, we were driving at one point in time on one of our trips and we, we heard a message. It was, it was from a, uh, someone was speaking from Bethel and, and they basically shared their story and it was almost identical. They're like, we had these three opportunities and God was like, each one of them is good. Uh, you choose, you choose. Um, and what, what I realized in that was that God's plan wasn't about just one path that I could see. His plan was about what fruit would come from whatever we chose to do. And I learned in that moment that my journey with him was a, a relationship and it was okay in some moments for me to choose. And I remember a Skype conversation we had with Rachel's dad and we, you know, we're really blessed to have incredibly wise uh, mentors and parents speaking in our world. But he just said to us, he said, what do you want to do? What do you actually, what do you actually want to do? And, uh, and we said, you know what? <laughs> we actually just want to come home. We just want to come home. Well, we've been away for a year, had a great year, but we wanted to come home. Uh, and we came home and we're like, yeah, this is awesome. But as soon as we came home, it's, it's, it's like, boom, another fog swept in. Uh, and many of you know our story uh, where we came home and I think it was been in like a couple of months of being back. Uh, Rachel's sister passed away and two weeks after that, we had a miscarriage, lost our first child. And, and, and it's like fog just comes. And you can't, you can't plan for that. You can't predict it. I think some ways it's healthy to have an expectation that it will come because then it doesn't blindside you when it arrives. But in all of those times, what I learned was not to go to my plan. It was not to seek an answer as to why, it was to seek who. It was to find something of God in that place that I would be able to hold on to when I was out of that place. And I think that the function of fog is actually about generating in us a different level of faith than clarity requires. You see, clarity, if we have too much clarity, can I tell you, if we have too much clarity, we will either get complacent or we'll run in fear. They're the only two things that will happen. If we can see the whole journey had for us, we would either get complacent and be like, I don't, I don't need you, God, I got this. Right? I'm all over this, you're sweet. You just, I'll, I'll let you know when I need a little, little boost, but I got this. Or we see the obstacles that are ahead of us. If there was too much clarity down the road, I guarantee you I would not have stepped into this space. Uh, because, uh, because the moment God showed me that I was going to be in ministry, I was nowhere near ready to tackle the obstacles on that path. And so I would have run away like you cannot believe. And, and so too much clarity will lead to complacency or it will lead to rejection. But actually the fog has this incredible function of stirring in us the faith that we need for when we arrive at the next step at the next step, right? Because God's about steps. He's about generating in us what we need for the next step. And if we view fog 
if we can, if we can get this picture of fog, not as, not as something negative, but we're able to see what God was able to do in us because of the fog, I think we'd approach it completely differently. Fog in the hands of God is a very ingredient that he needs to ensure that we remain at his pace, on his plan, and arrive at the destination at his time in the right way. You've got to understand that to God, a day is like a thousand years. He's working on a different time frame to us. You see, when we make a plan, part of a plan is, is timelines attached to it, okay? Uh, if your plan doesn't have timelines, you're not going to get there. Sorry, like if you're planning to do something and it's just sometime in the future, that will continue to be sometime in the future, okay? Uh, if you want to do a renovation, put a timeline on it. If, you wanna, uh, if you're at work and you've got a to-do list, put a timeline on it, okay? Um, it, it's important. That's some just practical advice for you there. But God works to a different timeline. He is less concerned about when you arrive and how you got there as he is about who you are and where you're at with him when you arrive. Some of us are so concerned with arising, arriving that we actually lose God somewhere on the way. We're so far out in front of him and his pace that we get there and suddenly we're like, I don't know where he went, but uh, God, like, God, God, God. We've, 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 we've so moved beyond where he was Sometimes we just need to backtrack a little bit and, and it's not that God's never with us or those sorts of things, but we can disconnect from him by moving too quickly. God uses the fog to grow our faith in him, to call us into a greater level of dependence. You see, we keep seeking self-sufficiency, but God is looking for dependence. God is far less concerned with things like experience, qualification and knowledge and he is far more concerned with your faith, your surrender, your intimacy with him. You see, we plan for all of the above. Our plans include how am I going to make sure I'm qualified, I'm experienced, um, how am I going to make sure that I, I have all of the skills necessary, uh, whereas God's plans are all about our relationship with him. God's plans are all about making sure that our level of relationship can sustain us in the pace that we will be running at when we arrive. God's path is always actually about our preparation and our plans are always about our arrival. You gotta remember, God took the Israelites the long way around through the desert. If they'd have gone direct, they wouldn't have been ready. And actually what we see is that the majority of them still weren't. The majority of them still hadn't developed within them. After all they had seen, after every step, step by step, whether the river was a step, whether the plagues were a step out of Egypt, all of these steps that they took with God were supposed to have the purpose of generating in them a trust in the character of God. It was supposed to generate in them faith in who their God was so that when they came up against the, the people that were living in the promised land, their response would not be that they were, they were giants and we were like crickets in their eyes. No, their response would be, our God is faithful. Our God is 
able. And so we will step in, not because we believe we can, but that we know who our God is. We know He can. We know He will. He has demonstrated His character of faithfulness and capacity and ability and power time and time again. Every step we've taken has been about Him and Him revealing Himself to us and us getting a knowing on the inside of us about who God is so that when we get there, we don't survey the step according to natural experience. We don't survey what is in front of us according to our skill, ability or qualification. No, we assess based on who our God is. We assess based on who our God is. And we should worry far less about the destination and far more about what God might be growing in us that we might need to use when we arrive. The process is always about our preparation. The steps ordered and revealed are always about us and God rather than us and our arrival. God is far more concerned about you and Him than He is about you arriving at your destination in a timely fashion. He'll use the fog every time to ensure that your focus is on Him and not just on finishing. So when you step, when you step, notice I'm not saying if, because this vision is at our time. Pastor Keith articulated that. He said, you know what? It's not just its time, it's our time. Out of Esther, he said, we are here for such a time as this. This is our time. This is about all of us having a vision for what our church will be. So when you step and when the fog comes, lean into it, lean into the fog. It's not easy, it's not comfortable. Lean into difficulty, lean into pressure, lean into stress, lean into tragedy, just lean in because it's in that place that we find something new of God. It's in that place that we, we release the things that we would make our plans about. We release that, we have to, we have no other choice. So lean in. Take the revealed step and then lean, seek, abide, enjoy, embrace. He'll show you the next step when you're ready. And if you're not ready, trust that He knows you better than you know yourself. Trust that He knows what you need. Trust that He is able to bring about that which you need. So much of this journey of vision, so much of next Sunday is not gonna be about necessarily what we do. So much of this journey is gonna be about leaning in with faith into who our God is. So much of our step when it comes, say, to finance is not about how necessarily how much we have, although we need to balance wisdom, but it is about who we believe our God is. It is about whether He's our provider. It is about whether or not He is able to, to supply all of our needs. I'm telling you, there is a fog that comes around finance like nothing else. So can you be prepared for that next week? Can you be prepared that when you're about to take a step, when you're praying about it this week and the fog sets in, lean in. God might just try to grow some faith in you that you might need after uh, for, for the things that He has for you. Or maybe He wants to reveal to you that He is able to provide so that in the future, when you're in a position and you're relying on that, you have a confidence in who He is. Come on, church, why don't you stand to your feet this morning? I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray that if you're in a fog this morning, you might begin to see that that fog has a function. You might begin to see that actually God is at work in you in the fog. Now this isn't just about your arrival, 
but that this is about you and Him and knowing Him. So Father, right now I pray for every person across this place. I pray, God, that whether there's, whether there's a positive fog or a tragic fog or a confusing fog, Lord, whatever there is in their life right now, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just reveal to them that God is in there with them, that He is trying to reveal to them something, something of who He is, something of His character, something of His stability, something of His ability, something of what He is, is going to do in and through them. Lord, I pray that faith right now would begin to grow inside of people, faith in their God, not in their arrival, faith in who He is, not in what He might do, faith in what He has for them, Lord. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, faith, fill this place, faith in a God who's good, faith in a God who can, faith in a God who already has, faith in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to hand back to Pastor Mel. Come on. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.